Well, hello, and welcome to New Mommy at 40 podcast, where we hold space for those entering or currently in parenthood at an seasoned stage of life, their 40s. I'm your host, Victoria. Whether you're new here or visiting us again, thank you for stopping by. Come on in, put up your feet and enjoy being in the company of someone who gets you and the amazing and exhausting journey you've taken on. While you wait for our guest today, click on that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a future episode right now. Oh, and follow us at New Mommy at 40 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. All right, here we go. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby. You're getting the best of me because I'm a new on the wall. <laughs> Great. For this episode, your guest is me. You all have been so vulnerable with me, sharing your stories, and I just wanted to do the same with you. That's the start of a great friendship, right? This week, I'll get personal with you about the road to our baby girl, motherhood so far, and my doubts about expanding our little family. Please know that this conversation may be triggering for some of you, as I will be speaking very transparently about miscarriages and fertility issues, so please take care of yourself if you wish to continue with this one. Okay, I'm calling this episode, Do I Really Want Another Baby? I have a confession. While I dreamed of hearing this sound... My soul was not prepared for the sudden drops to the floor from the safety of my arms while hearing this sound. Both sounds may seem cute to those who are currently expecting or at the newborn stage. Heck, nostalgic even to those who are past this point. But as a new mommy to a toddler in the terrific twos, woosah. I know, I know. She's not doing anything she isn't supposed to. I know, I know, and I understand all of that. And I welcome all the progress that this stage will bring to her beautiful mind. But these days, I'm often reminding myself of the journey to being her blessed mama and to be filled with gratitude in these not easy at all days. But yeah, oh, pray for me, y'all. But all of that brings up a very important question. Now that I'm going to be 44, do I really want to have another baby? This is a loaded question for many parents, but it definitely hits a bit differently when you're an older parent, way past your reproductive prime. To understand why my newfound hesitation has even me surprised, let me share with you how I even became a wife and mother today. I was in a loving but problem-riddled relationship at 19 that led to marriage at 27 and divorce just four years later. Then at 30, I ran into another well-intended eight-year relationship where I spent at least five years as a self-appointed Captain Save-A-Dude, allowing myself to be a charging station, seeing what I wanted to see, and ignoring my intuition while he tried to convince me and himself, frankly, that he wanted what he swore he wanted out of the relationship. 
Anyone else been there? Well, the dating scene was rough after that. They were either too young, too unstable, too, we're separated. Oh, no, 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 we're actually, we're not. Okay, no, I'm leaving. No, I'm not. (laughs) And when I did find an amazing person who would have been a fantastic partner, I couldn't commit to them because I had fully lost my ability to trust my gut. Therefore, single life seemed much, much safer to me. And because I had only considered motherhood within a marriage or a long-term partnership, I packed both of those desires neatly away, declaring I was over both. So what does one do when you're single with a passport while being a flight attendant? (laughs) You go find yourself. I was traveling the world, going on solo trips, took myself out for dates, dated without any intention of something serious for the first time. I was okay with being with me and I was living my best life, people. Then at 40 years old on a cold February day in 2019, while gigging as a temporary bartender in a hole in the wall restaurant in Harlem, a man walks in, flashes a smile, And I immediately hear a voice from above say, that's your husband. I was completely startled, but with my curiosity now piqued, I observed as my 21-year-old overly ambitious manager immediately flirted with him. His name was Desmond, Desi for short. And I saw how he politely deflected this young one's not so subtle intrigue. But in the process... I learned a lot about him while listening to their conversation. He then made space to get to know me, staying for four hours before finally excusing himself to get on with the rest of his day. From a Facebook connection, to DMs, then text messages, to a fantastic date that started at 6 p.m. and ended at 4 a.m., I started to believe that voice, and most importantly, My gut agreed. He was smart, funny, charming, handsome, but also ambitious, responsible, thoughtful, honest, brutally so, and stable, and a man of action. By our second date, we were both clear that we were falling in love. And about a month later, doing a work trip to St. Lucia, he asked me to marry him. And without reservation, I said yes. So... I had found my life partner, but the motherhood part was still packed away. Though we were the same age, he had two older children from a previous marriage, 18 and 19 at the time. I made the assumption that he was done with kids. Then one day he asked, do you want kids? Well, I I did want children, but I've put that desire to bed. I also have PCOS and fibroids, so I'm, I'm not even sure if I can have one at all. I'll be okay with that one. I have a niece and nephews that I adore. There are plenty of ways to nurture kids without being a mom. That was a mouthful. (laughs) Well, you'd be such a great mom, and I'd love to have kids with you. Let's just start trying. Say what now? For the next few weeks, we were cocooned in our love and our future family. We picked out names for a girl and a boy the languages they'd learn, the soccer they'd play. I stopped my birth control and we went for it. And boy, did we have fun trying. 
We were just enjoying our newfound love. And by mid-April, I started to feel a little different. And my period was super late. You're probably pregnant, he said with certainty. I thought so too. I was so excited, but definitely nervous. We decided to give it a few days before taking a test. I worked a flight to Los Angeles, checked into my hotel, and took a nap. Hours later, I woke up to some of the worst cramping I had ever had and felt this warmth between my thighs. I didn't want to look down. I called Desi immediately. He said he had been through this before. It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. The positive thing is we know now it's possible, right? My OB said that it seemed to have been a very early pregnancy and that we were all clear to keep trying. I was still devastated. But in early May, two months before our wedding ceremony, we found out that I was pregnant again. What a high. I could not believe it. After two myomectomies for ovarian cysts and fibroids, PCOS, a miscarriage, plus my age, this was a miracle. I remember getting on my knees and just crying while I said thank you over and over and over again. The anxiety around keeping this baby full term was almost immediate. Learning about high mortality rates for black women in this country certainly had me worried. I cried in the shower a lot. Anytime I didn't feel her move, I panicked. And I spent hours on the phone on my layovers talking to therapists via my employer's mental health program. But I loved being pregnant and enjoyed my pregnancy. My mother's advice and guidance was a godsend. And in January 2020, after 15 hours of labor and a few heart-racing complications, our beautiful little miracle of a baby, Karee, was born via cesarean. All the feels, people. Just joy and a love like I'd never known. Spending that first night with her was magical. Then came COVID. Isolated from the bulk of our family, our support team, we were hunkered down in our little one-bedroom apartment in Harlem. No help from mom like we thought, no mommy and me groups and all these yoga classes I had booked in advance. Disadvantages, for sure, but I appreciated the time the situation afforded us to just sit still and enjoy her together. We also agreed that it would be great to try again for another baby while we were locked down once we got clearance from my OB. We started trying after Karee was about seven months old. I was nursing, so we had heard that that might make it a bit more difficult. But as the months rolled by and my milk supply slowed down a bit, we felt we had a good chance. Nothing. All the while, having various family members never miss a moment to add their two cents. You better start trying to have another one soon. You're getting older, you know. Thank you. I'm so aware. Or this one. You better have another one before you start changing your mind. Now that one, though still unsolicited, 
I have an appreciation for now. By February 2021, we had tried for nearly a year. Still, no baby. But my heart and mind would be soon preoccupied with something far more heartbreaking. By the middle of that month, my family received the most devastating news that my mother, our fearless, cherished, and beloved matriarch, was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer at the young age of 67. I immediately thought of all the time COVID had taken from us as a family to spend with her, especially Karee, whom she had only held once that last October. I was the firstborn in my family and the last to give her a grandchild. She had been waiting for this child for a long time, and now their time would be cut short. Karee, now almost 14 months old, saw me pacing on the phone day after day as I called different care providers and consulting services for my mom. Now I was trying to save someone who truly deserved saving. I was knee deep. Then that April, I started to feel unwell. I knew stress was high, but this felt familiar, but different all at the same time. Could it be what I think it is? I told Desi, and he being used to me thinking I was pregnant every time that my period was a day late for the last year, said, okay, take a test. I did, and it was positive. I saw my OB the following week who confirmed it, and we were so happy that in the midst of this nightmare of mom's diagnosis, this news could lift all of our spirits. But I had so much pain on one side of my pelvis. I asked for more testing, but they wanted to wait until my eighth week, so we waited. In the meantime, we shared the good news with mom, dad, and my immediate family. And mom, in weak voice, thanked God for this miracle and to give her the strength to meet this baby one day. It was a great day, but that pain. I called the OB at week six and begged for an ultrasound and blood work. Turns out, my HCG levels were low, which was concerning enough to get that ultrasound, and lo and behold, the reason your HCG levels are low is because it is a twin pregnancy. Say what now? Twins? What a blessing. I, I couldn't wait to tell Desi. The midwife will be in shortly to speak to you in more detail. Hmm, that didn't sound so great. When she came in, she explained that while baby B looked great and just a few days behind in development, which was normal, baby A did have a heartbeat, but was significantly behind and may progress to being what's called a vanishing twin and would no longer be a viable pregnancy. I told her, hey, <laughs> you said it has a heartbeat. And while it does, I'm still the vessel taking care of both of them. And I'm just going to pray it proves us wrong. And if not, I'll be okay. And I'll take care of baby B. Man, I updated my family and we prayed. The following week, we did lose baby A. But baby B was looking strong and healthy. I focused on baby B. 
I made my next appointment, which would be around nine weeks along, and went home. My mom was now in home hospice care. I couldn't believe how fast we were losing her. I thought we had a few months left, but I planned a visit to Florida to spend time with her while she had some of her faculties left, just in case. But first, that nine-week OB appointment. I walked into the room for the ultrasound, and the tech was the same woman who scanned me last time. As I laid on the table, all I could think about was that in three days, I'd finally be able to see my mom with my own eyes and bring my parents some joy and much-needed distraction. The sudden change in that text voice interrupted my daydreaming. Is everything okay? I asked. She paused. I'm really not supposed to discuss what I see with you, but I was so heartbroken for you the last time, and I, I can't just pass you on to the doctor without telling you myself. I'm so sorry, but I can't find a heartbeat today. I'm so, so sorry, honey. I know many of you have been at this place. You never forget that moment. I was shattered. But Karee was with me, sitting across from me in her stroller, listening to Moana's You're Welcome for the fifth time. She was just sitting there, smiling. I couldn't help but see the irony of the situation. The tears that were filling my eyes just didn't allow themselves to fall. Not yet, anyway. Thank you for telling me. I'll wait for the doctor. I don't remember at all what she told me after that, to be honest, nor the drive home. I was just on automatic. I did remember that I had chosen to wait it out, meaning waiting for my body to start the miscarriage or dispelling process. I waited for about 36 hours before asking for pills, so I didn't have to go through that process in the airplane bathroom on my way to see my parents while traveling alone with a 14-month-old. It was just plain horrific. I cried for the first time on that plane. Mom passed away just 15 days later. I don't have to tell you how devastating all this was. Grieving one situation publicly and another privately. At the repass, an old family friend trying to console me said, I'm so glad that your mom got to meet your baby. We wondered for years when you were going to have one. Like, what's wrong with Vicky? (laughs) I wanted to scream from the top of my lungs. Instead, I said, well, you know, given my miscarriages and PCOS, I guess she came right when she was supposed to, right? The look on her face was priceless. As sad as the miscarriages were, I knew that it would have been extremely difficult to be there for my mom and dad during her last weeks of life while being pregnant and caring for Karee until my husband was finally able to join us. I found comfort in thinking that maybe those two souls had to be there to greet my mother in heaven and that they'd take care of each other. Yeah, that brought me comfort. So here we are, eight months later, and still 
No, baby. I've tried to be optimistic, but that last loss, it made me lose some hope. I tried to find a way to be okay if we didn't have another one, but after seeing all these beautiful pregnant bellies on the street and other moms I knew personally whose kids were the same age as Korea and they were pregnant again, I, I was stubbornly holding on to this quest for baby number two. Am I pushing this? I already have a perfect baby girl, I thought. And let's get real, I'm still sleep deprived most days. That little angel is still not fully sleep trained. She's not in daycare yet because they are full and we're waitlisted. There's not a whole lot of family close to us to help out consistently. And then there's the issue of my body. About eight months after Karee was born, I was in the best shape of my life and remained so until this last pregnancy. I'm sure it was stress. I actually gained 20 pounds. And while I'm doing better emotionally after losing my mother, I'm handling all of my parents' affairs, so there's a little bit of added stress there. But even when I don't think I have the energy to do much else, Karee helps me find it. How can I not run after her and jump on the bed with her and dance with her? But I'm afraid now that I've gotten so used to just the three of us. What if the four of us is too much for me to manage? Finding time to do anything, this podcast included, is so hard. How do I make time for yet another little person? Have any of you felt this way? And what about my age? 44 this year. Is it worth trying knowing that there is a higher risk for birth defects and other complications? Plus, folks, I did the math the other day. When Karee is 18, I'll be... 60 years old. Woo! Could I be the mother of two kids under the age of 20 at 60? If I hear someone at her graduation tell me that I must be one proud grandma, I'm going to throw up. Here's what I do know. I have so much love to share with another baby. And I know that we really want Karee to have a sibling closer to her age. And I also know that thankfully, we can afford it. Then... Is the root of my hesitancy just plain fear of the unknown? I know what this calls for. A rabbit hole down Google. And down I went. I found this article from parent.com entitled, How to Know if You're Ready for Another Baby According to Moms. And it turns out that 8,840,612 people had read this article. Okay, I'm not alone here. It really resonated with me, especially a paragraph about a mom who said she was ready for another one after finding the sweet spot. That's where their first kid was old enough to not be as much of a challenge by the time the new one would be born. Okay, that was a helpful perspective. Now that Karee is just hitting this two stage, maybe by the time we do have a second baby, she'll be nearly three, potty trained and in daycare at least, part-time? That sounds manageable. Now, how do we achieve this? It's pretty clear to me that we might need some help this time around. So, we've consulted a reproductive health center and a fertility specialist to look at our options. Testing results have come back and so far, they look great. And this old lady happens to have a good number of eggs left. I mean, they're still 43-year-old eggs, but 
They're there. My doctor, Dr. Sarah Hessler, who you'll get to meet in a future episode, has said that I'm a good candidate for IVF. But do I really have it in me to go on that journey? Everything I've seen from some of my incredible followers in my own research suggests that IVF is a difficult one for many reasons. Desi is pretty reluctant about going that route because of the extra stress it would put on me and let's be honest how that could affect him too. And while my chances seem good, there is never the guarantee that this would result in a full-term pregnancy. But there's also the possibility that it brings us closer to baby number two. So we've got fear of the unknown, not feeling in control, and lack of support that now seem to be the main reasons that I'm hesitant in having another baby. I've prayed about this, I've meditated about this, and every time I come back with the answer that there's a baby waiting to be connected to us. I forget that sometimes when I'm watching Karee drop to the ground, belly flopping in a tantrum like a dead fish, but still, I feel our baby is out there. Desi and I have talked it over, and it's time for our phone call to our doctor. Hey, Dr. Hessler, uh, we have an update for you. Okay. Okay, so Desi and I, we spoke, and we are on board for going through with IVF. is right we have some more research to do fees to go over yikes those fees but this feels like the best possibility right now the truth is is that the unknown is only scary if i allow it to be and i'm not in control i never have been i can't control or worry about every little variable a healthy fear is expected and normal but I can't let it paralyze me. And the support will be there if I start asking for help and establish a tribe where we can mutually be supportive of each other. That's where you come in. I know that I can count on this community for support and I'm so thankful for you. So let's hear that sound again. Ugh, still grating, but that mama part just activated my ovaries. Yeah, I can do this. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I know it wasn't an easy one, but I appreciate you making it to the end with me. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your own experiences. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And in your IG stories this week, feel free to share your reactions and tag at new mommy at 40 so I can see them and feel free to DM me too. take care of yourselves. And if you're going through a similar struggle, I see you and I'll see you next Monday.